Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Other things as well. Obviously, many have had their say about uh, school safety in the aftermath of this shooting in uh, Parkland, Florida. Nicholas Cruz uh, was the shooter. And there are questions being asked about uh, what what can be done in the future, um, looking backwards to see if there's anything that can be done differently. This is uh, Max Eden. He is a senior fellow on education policy at the Manhattan Institute. Max, it's a pleasure to welcome you to WILK. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, our pleasure. Now, let's uh, talk about uh, what what you do, Max, um, as a senior fellow on, on education policy. What are you looking at most of the time? Yeah, so my, my key issue for the past couple of years has been school discipline uh, in general and the the massive shift in the approach to it that's taken place over the past few years, largely under coercion by the Obama Department of Education. The theory was that the traditional systems of, you know, clear rules, clear consequences, if you do something you get suspended, expelled, referred to the police, uh, that that was unfair and, and harming students. So the new way should be to not suspend, not expel, not refer to the police. Um, and the idea being if we can get these statistics down, somehow everything will become better for these kids. But, you know, when you look at the case of Nicholas Cruz and you ask yourselves, how is it that all these red flags got raised but, but never got raised to the point where he got on the police's radar, part of the answer was that Broward County uh, explicitly shifted to keep things off the police's radar as part of this larger uh, shift in discipline that I've been examining. Yeah, let's uh, take, talk about your research into that, Max. Um, what, what was happening from um, your look at this? What, what was going on in, in terms of uh, discipline, the police, uh, arrest records, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, so I think the 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 case was was dramatically overstated, right? The the argument was that uh, the correlation between suspensions and expulsions uh, were somehow related to the bad outcomes that students saw later, somehow caused them, rather than both being reflective of, of bad underlying behavior. So under that assumption, the idea was if you can stop, you know, punishing kids for doing bad things, it will all get better. Uh, but what I'm seeing uh, across the country at the lower levels is that when students don't think that there are rules anymore, they their behavior deteriorates. But, but more importantly, uh, when adults in the room face pressure to keep the statistics down, they react in all sort of perverse ways. They, they hide the evidence, they ignore evidence, they don't report things up to the chain they used to. Because uh, instead of keeping safety first as they go about implementing these policies, they're keeping the statistics first over that. Okay, I have to ask you th about the impetus to hide the statistics. I is it financial? Uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 a couple things. It's threat of action from above and uh, you know promise of benefit from from within and around. 
right? So school districts across the country were told uh, that the federal government might come after you if your rates are too high. So there's, there's a fear that's driving it, uh, but there's also, you know, ambitions that are driving it because if you get these rates down, you get nice stories in the press. Uh, if you're Superintendent Runcie and you get your arrests down by, you know, no longer arresting kids for very serious things, you can get an invitation to the White House to get congratulated for how dramatically you've improved school policy. So the, there's, a, there's a carrot and a stick here that are both working to try to depress statistics, which unfortunately uh, can prevent records that should exist from actually existing. All right, Max. Um, I, I live in an area where we had one of the worst judicial scandals in history, the Kids for Cash scandal and i don't know how familiar you are with that in your research but uh, can i hip, can i hip you to all this i'm going to give you the shortest Please. version possible but i want it to feature all of the elements of how it happened in the Please. aftermath of the columbine shootings in uh, 1999 many schools across the country embraced a policy of zero tolerance in other words, no matter what you brought to school, if it was a nail file, um, a, a Boy Scout knife, whatever, you, there were consequences for that. And there were judges here where we live in Luzerne County who um, used the specter of zero tolerance to send many, many, many juveniles to juvenile detention centers. There was a girl here who made a MySpace, I know that sounds old, of her school <laughs> principal. She was locked up. There were kids that were nine and they were taken away in shackles. Somebody defaced a stop sign, et cetera, et cetera. The judges here used that as uh, a technique to actually feather the nest of some local people who had interests, financial interests, in the in the institutions where, where some of these kids were sent so for us when we saw these kinds of diversion programs like the ones used down in broward county actually come into play where we live we embraced them because so many kids had been sent away to uh to prison as children and we thought that there was a better way. So I just wanted you to know that oftentimes when you have a situation like Columbine, there is an overcorrection. And now it seems to be, in, in, in our view maybe, that this has uh, vacillated, if you will, to the other side. Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that um, everything that you said, is, there are also things that I've, I've researched and is true, and there was a major overcorrection because... All of, them, all of a sudden, the incentives were, were shifted both by federal policy and by public fear and by pressure. And so rather than act kind of responsibly with an eye towards the students in front of them, you had adults react in all of these kind of self-serving ways. And this is where the, the impetus for the discipline reforms came from, the impetus between behind Broward's reforms, the impetus behind uh, the Obama administration's actions. It all came from a very, very good place, uh, trying to correct what was an overcorrection. But the fear is kind of we're, we're on the flip side of that coin by putting in similar pressures uh, in government and kind of from activists that we're doing the same thing except the other way. And so that kind of what I've been doing for the past couple of years has been looking into this and trying to document warning signs that we might have turned kind of zero tolerance 
into zero trust of, of teachers and principals to handle things the right way. Do you have in your research, Max, a place where this is being handled properly using what you know? Yeah, so to my mind, the, the most promising place for this is in Chicago. Uh, because Chicago is unique amongst major school districts in that it has administered a consistent school climate survey every year and has not changed the questions. In other districts where they've had these, they change the questions so you can't actually know, you know, how many students from one year to the next actually feel safe and welcome and respected. If you can know those things, then you can properly balance trying to decrease an over-reliance on punishment with maintaining school safety and school order. Uh, and a positive school culture, but if you if you don't have an eye on both of those metrics, there's a big risk of an overcorrection uh, and getting applauded for reducing suspensions, reducing arrests, even if that means the schools are getting less safe. So if school districts can have an eye on both, uh, I think that there's a real shot that this can be done very well and very responsibly. But unfortunately, while we have statistics for suspensions everywhere, we have you know, student and teacher survey data in very few places. Okay, so what would really make this uh, more consistent was uh, long-term data that, sh that shows um, using evidence that something is working, right? Yeah, no, I mean, if, if, if you have a school and the suspensions go down by, by 20% over three years, uh, that is either good or bad, depending on whether just as many kids feel safe, more kids feel safe, or, or fewer kids feel safe. And unless you know that, you can't know if the policy is succeeding. But if you can know that, and if you can watch and monitor these things, then, then you can do so very responsibly. Now, are there any kind of things going on in, in the, the school infrastructure? I, I want to use the word infrastructure here, Max. School infrastructure that makes students feel safer and doesn't make them feel like they're uh, going to the penitentiary for the day. Uh, it's all it's all really about the the culture that's set between principals and teachers. Um, if principals and teachers can prevent can present a, a united and a supportive front, kids pick up on that and they become part of it, and then there becomes a you know an esprit de corps about one's school. Uh, the worry both ways, both in the zero tolerance way and in what I call the zero trust way, is you know in, in a zero tolerance setting, the teachers don't actually have the discretion or the judgment to you know, deal with the kids as the human beings that are in front of them. But in the zero exclusion, zero trust way, uh, the teachers, quite frankly, often can't even send the kids to talk to the principal, and it can set principals and teachers against each other. Wow. So, so really the key thing is an, is an infrastructure. It's the, the relationships between the adults, and the questions we should be asking is, you know, how can we improve those relationships and that culture at the adult level that will filter down to the kids? We had a woman on yesterday, Max, who suggested the mediation process should be introduced into schools so that uh, there is an individual in the middle of the administration and the students. What do you think about that as an idea? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm supportive of that in, in theory. The, the problem that I see quite frequently is that, um, you know, one tool is taken away from teachers, but other supports aren't really set up. And the reason why we see that happening is because we see this happening as an explicit attempt to, to lower indicators of punishment. Uh, but if, you know, if the policy were, let's just add more supports and, and add more adults who can try to take a more holistic view and uh, address the root causes and, and focus on training the adults with extra, extra techniques and putting extra adults with, with a broader perspective in the room, I think that's a very positive step so long as, you know, the key is school culture, uh, not the statistics.
Yeah, and I think that uh, now, we hear this a lot, Max, now in the current climate that we live in, there seems to be no respite for kids from certain things, and this has to do with uh, the Internet, Facebook, Snapchat, whatever. But how can, I, I don't know, it seems to me that this... Um, this this individual, Nick, I hate saying his name. Let's just say this individual. Um, he left a pretty big electronic footprint across the uh, Internet. And I'm wondering what else can be done to let kids know of a way to also report that if they see it, because they may often see it when adults don't. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the key is that that they feel comfortable reporting it to the adults and they would feel confident that the adults would do something about it. Um, you know, one can, can litigate the particulars of his disciplinary record and the, the, you know, the policies before and the policies after, and to me that paints a clear picture. But the bigger problem is how was it that, that this stuff never made its way to the teachers, or if it did, how was it that it never made its way from the teachers to the police? And what I fear, uh, and hopefully more investigation will, will will either alleviate or, or confirm this fear, uh, is that there might have been a culture amongst the adults to, oh, well, if it's on social media, we don't really need to touch that because that's not our responsibility to keep track of it. Uh, some schools do. Some schools don't. Some schools take that stuff very, very seriously. Some schools wash their hands of it. Uh, and I think it's something that you know, kids should feel comfortable that if they put it on the teacher's radar, uh, that will that will actually mean something. They won't just be tattling. They'll be doing something useful and productive. They'll be seeing something and saying something. Okay, so we, we, the, the thing is to get the things on the radar and take them seriously despite the fact that it may have uh, adverse financial consequence, right? I mean, money can't be the end-all and be-all of this stuff, Max, right? No, safety has to be first. And, and you know, we should give adults... Who, who, who care, who have devoted their lives to, to teaching kids, uh, the discretion to do what's right. We shouldn't, we shouldn't prejudice them either to punish automatically or to, you know, keep shy away from punishment automatically. We should simply let these adults do what they think is right, given, given what they're presented by, by the students. All right. And if you have time, we uh, have been told by listeners that the uh, documentary piece that was done about the judicial system here that punished a lot of juveniles in some uh, very unfortunate ways. The Kids for Cash documentary is on uh, YouTube for free. So if you have a chance, Oh, I'd Max, love to see it. Yeah, yes, thank you. I, I wish you would do some uh, looking at that. And even if you want to, you know, get back to me with your impressions of, of what you saw about that, because I think this thing did whipsaw between Columbine and now. Um, in a, a, an amazing way. I mean, you always have an overreaction, and uh, we may be in in the opposite of what happened post Columbine right now. So yeah, and, and and my hope is that we don't we don't re overreact. You know, my, yeah. my my hope is that we we rather than try to try to prescribe uh, or threaten or bribe schools to do one thing or the other that, that we realize that uh, you know the kind of the popular responses to, to horrors of one stripe or another can often do more harm than good when they take away teacher discretion and judgment. Max Eden is a senior fellow on educational policy at the Manhattan Institute. Max, thanks for doing our show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sure thing. We have uh, 1023 at WILK. But you see, the 
you see the problem here, right? Am I not the only one that sees the problem here? We go from one extreme to the other. We go from zero tolerance to un, untold tolerance. We need to, again, look at all sides of these issues so that we can make the best decisions. And if the, the, the people down in, in Broward County were swayed by the dollar, well, that's not good either. Okay, we know that there is research that shows that some of these diversion programs are very successful. We know that. In fact, I'm probably going to have to uh, go down to the uh, go down to the uh, ground zero there at the courthouse again and, and talk to all the people involved in these diversion programs locally, and they might be able to paint an entirely different picture. They, although this does look like a, an institutional failure of epic proportions on the part of a lot of different people. And I don't think that our program, our diversion programs, are, I don't think they're as lenient as the ones in Broward County. But I'm probably going to have to go down there and find out, right? That's a good thing for me to do. Lord only knows my dance card has been light this week, right, Kyle? So I have to go down there and make trouble. But we have to take the break here at WILK because it is 1024 already. But if you want to talk about this issue, I am more than happy to hear what you have to say. Like I said, these, these programs are afoot in Luzerne County, I can tell you, because I see them. And sometimes they can spare a juvenile from a criminal record. But if they are being used in a way that's not correct. We also need to know that. So it's 1025. If you want to talk about this, great. Also report into me about the snowstorm because I forgot that we were having it and now I remembered. So if you know anything, send me a text and let me know uh, what it looks like where you are. Send me a text now and let me know what it looks like where you are. Does anybody have one or two inches of snow yet? 570-883-0098 or 1-800-437-0098. This, my friends, is WILK. You wouldn't put a square peg in a round hole, so why would you deploy a traditional firewall in a modern decentralized network? Firewalls have new requirements for businesses leveraging SaaS-based applications and public cloud platforms like AWS, Azure, and Google Cloud. We're in the cloud generation now, so your firewalls have to be engineered to fit right in. Reclaim your cloud network. Try a Barracuda cloud generation network or application firewall free at barracuda.com slash firewalls. Have you written a book? Learn how to get it published and potentially sold online and at bookstores. Call Page Publishing now for your free book publishing kit. 800-470-4833. I met someone. You hear it a lot from people on Match because more people have met their someone on Match than on any other dating app. Everyone wants to find that meaningful connection, and Match is not only number one in first, but second dates, too. Now, here's a free offer for our listeners. Go to match.com am for seven days free. That's seven days completely free to search, view photos, and connect. This free offer is found at match.com am. That's match.com am. Match.com am. Jimmy John's Freaky Fast, Freaky Fresh. I'm calling because I saw one of your delivery persons today, and he was totally naked. Ma'am, I sincerely want to apologize for any... Buck naked right there on the street. Ma'am, we're doing all we can to... And I say it's about darn time. I know, and I'm gonna... Wait, what? The human body is a beautiful thing, don't you agree? Well, I... We've suffered the tyranny of clothing for way too long. Okay, but... So thanks, Jimmy John's, for going all natural. Actually, ma'am, it's our meats that are all natural. Say what now? Our meats are all natural. Wood-smoked ham, choice roast beef, real fresh turkey breast, all natural and freaky fresh. So I don't suppose I can expect all natural delivery in the future. Uh, no. 
Dino's Pizza, family-owned since 1975. They've been a staple in the Wyoming Valley Mall for years, serving the best pizza and homemade Italian specialties. Dino's Pizza features both round and Sicilian pizza with varieties like barbecue chicken with french fries, mac and cheese pizza, grandma pizza, plus chicken wings with Dino's famous mild and hot sauce, homemade manicotti, ziti, cheese ravioli, and stuffed shells. Dino's Pizza in the Wyoming Valley Mall Food Court. Wilkes-Barre. Call to pre-order at 570-829-3448. Recovery starts with a call. Pennsylvania's Prescription Drug and Heroin Addiction Hotline is staffed by real people who are trained to help. They're there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They'll get you or your loved one into treatment, regardless of your access to insurance. If you or someone you know is suffering from addiction, call 1-800-662-HELP. I'm glad you called. We're going to get you some help. Paid for with Pennsylvania taxpayer dollars. A winter storm warning has been issued for Wayne County, Luzerne County, Delaware County, Pike County, Lackawanna County, Otsego County, and Sullivan County, effective until 4.27 a.m. That's uh, Patty Donahue, the late Patty Donahue and the band The Waitresses. It's my car. I'm going to do the driving. Cheesy Music Wednesday on WILK. Mike of Old Forge, let's talk about uh, kids for cash. Yeah, so I just want to make a quick comment. I'm going to hang up. Um, that was the most shocking, disgusting scandal I have ever experienced in my life. I went down to the culture center, and I seen the, the movie Kids for Cash. I myself personally would put Chivalrello away for the rest of his life in prison. I hope he never sees a day out there. That just made me so mad, and I never get mad. So, so I just want to say that. Thank you for taking yeah, my we call. Just, we just have to make yeah. sure that we don't go from, uh, we can't whipsaw from uh, one direction to the other. You know what I'm saying? We'll check our weather on the other side. We'll talk to Bob of Wilkes-Barre about school problems. We're half an hour away from the cash clock contest on WILK. It's Cheesy Music Wednesday with our automotive theme. Uh, so far, not much happening in Shikshini or Larksville. That, that's what I know for sure because I got pictures. Please stay tuned.
Attention diabetics, get your testing supplies delivered to your home. Free delivery and a free meter upgrade. Call the U.S. Medical Supply, 800-430-7923. In Pennsylvania, if your child is under 20 years old, act now to take legal action for their birth injury. Medical negligence during an emergency C-section or difficult delivery can cause cerebral palsy or other serious conditions. The results are a lifetime of financial and emotional strain on your family. Latona Law Firm will evaluate your case and get answers. Act now. It's worth a call. It's worth a click. Call 570-825-9000 or click at latonalaw.com. What interest rate would you rather pay on your credit card debt? 17% or less than 6% APR? The answer is obvious. Lightstream. Because with Lightstream, you may be able to consolidate credit card debt and dramatically cut your interest rate to as low as 5.49% APR with AutoPay. Plus, radio listeners get an additional rate discount. For a link to apply with this special discount, just text CREDIT to 246810. With average interest rates on credit card debt at 17% APR, Lightstream could save you thousands in interest. And because Lightstream is a division of SunTrust Bank, one of the nation's largest and strongest financial institutions, you can have complete peace of mind. The application takes just minutes, and there are no fees and no pressure. So if you have good to excellent credit, text CREDIT to 246810 for your link to apply with a special interest rate discount. Just text CREDIT to 246810. That's the word CREDIT to 246810. Subject to credit approval. Rates include 0.5% auto pay discount. Available only when you select auto pay prior to loan funding. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit Lightstream.com for important information about limits on Lightstream loans. Standard text messaging rates apply. Do not text while driving. Protecting data across modern decentralized networks presents challenges that traditional backup solutions can't handle. At best, you'll waste time and money managing multiple solutions. At worst, gaps in coverage will leave your data vulnerable. Barracuda Backup is a single cloud-integrated solution that simplifies the backup process and allows data replication to anywhere on your network, a private cloud, Barracuda's cloud, or to the AWS public cloud. Reclaim your data. Try Barracuda Backup free at barracuda.com backup. Everyone is talking about healthcare these days. America spends twice that of other developed countries on our healthcare system, yet our health ranks near the bottom. How can we stop spending so much and getting so little? By shifting to a system that gives more patients access to strong primary care. Primary care can help make America healthy again. To learn more about the benefits of primary care, visit www.healthisprimary.org. This message is brought to you by America's Family Physicians. Do you owe the IRS more than $10,000 in taxes? The government now has tax debt relief programs in place, and you have rights. Call tax representation today. Has the IRS threatened to freeze your bank accounts, take your home, your cars, and garnish your wage? We are the industry experts with negotiating with the IRS, and one of the very few that has an A rating with the Better Business Bureau. We'll contact the IRS the same day, putting a stop to bank levies and wage garnishments. Call 800-295-1046. That's 800-295-1046. That is the song that uh, Paula was was singing yesterday. Is that? Did you go to the Walmart? 
too? Yeah. What's going on up there, man? WLK people were just touring the Walmart yesterday. I wonder why. Oh, then the lines were crazy up. I mean, normally they're nuts, but they were like almost out the door yesterday. Really? Yeah, and I thought, well, uh, it's a good time to go get insulin for the dog, so I guess I'll do that. <laughs> it was a No, because dog. every person went to the pharmacy, and they're like, um, yeah. <clears throat> Could I get a cough drop over there? Oh, by the way, I have a whole cart full yeah. of stuff. Could you just check me out I said, back here in the pharmacy? I said, we're going to die here. This is it. Oh, and then some man. lady in line, and this is Walmart, so it kind of makes sense, removes herself from the line and starts eating chicken wings. And we're just like, where did you get that? What? Like, have you been here that long? You can't wait for like she, 10 minutes. Just gnawing on chicken wings. She was eating chicken wings in the store? In line for medicine. Did she pay for them, or were they were they comped out because the line was very long and she was quite hungry? Oh, I should have complained. I might have got like a Gatorade or something. <laughs> All right, nothing happening in Old Forge. Oh, I don't know about that. I think they just mean uh, snow wise, but it looks like there's not a flake in Old Forge. Um, your jokes there. I I just leave it out there for y'all. I got a picture from beautiful Baylor's Lake up in Fleetville. Well, they got a little bit of snow, but nothing you can't handle if you live in Fleetville because you're used to it. Somebody sent me a, a picture of Michigan where there's 32 inches of snow, and that's pretty good. 570-883-0098-1800-437-0098. It's a 1036. It's Bob of Wilkesbury about school problems. Yes, I uh, enjoyed your last uh, interview. Uh, the guy hinted at it, but then uh, about bullying, but uh, didn't carry on very much. But I, he's got the right idea. Um, now, you, you know me fairly well, but you may not know that I did years and years of youth counseling. From the time I was in college and I would be a camp counselor, for, for camps during the summer okay. to uh, actual youth leadership in churches and uh, so on. And I've had some run-ins with people that were talking suicide. Okay. Uh, and if you have the time, I'll give you three little short stories. One, I was in the summer camp, and at the time... These were uh, junior highs, 10 to 14, that, in that age. And the one kid um, was bent out of shape, to put it mildly. There was plenty of reason. But, and all of a sudden, one day, he attacks another kid. And you've got to understand what's going on. The one that did the attacking... His parents were being divorced, and he was getting bounced around from one to the other, and it made him totally, you know, off his rocker, to be the say the least. But it was interesting. The kid he attacked was one who had lost his parents in an auto accident. Okay, but had adjusted to it and was living with other relatives. Now, you, you think about what, where's their mind going. He, you know, he's got a problem. He looks at a kid who should have had the problem, same problem, but didn't because he had adjusted to it, and he, that's the one he attacked. Now, it happened that I was the only male counselor at that particular 
session, and as soon as I clamped him down, he relaxed because that's all he wanted. He wanted attention. Okay. Okay. I had another case uh, when I was working in Massachusetts. Uh, a sweet young girl, about 16, uh, always bubbly, laughing, so on. All of a sudden it was, I don't care. Leave me alone. Uh, so uh, in those days, kids didn't have their own transportation, so I had to drive them all home Sunday night after the uh, meeting. And uh, so this particular week, I made sure I took her home last. So I get in front of her house, and I said, okay, what's going on? And she started bawling. And it turned out, in this case, the mother was the problem. Uh, she had had a, she had an older sister, and the older sister, as soon as she got a chance to get out of the house, left, went away to college, dormed in college. She wanted nothing to do with the, the over aggressive mother, and so this poor girl, the last girl in the family, got all the grief. And uh, I I just calmed her down, and things seemed to be okay for a while but two weeks later I'm in a meeting a youth youth counselors meeting at a, at a, church, a major church in the, that area and uh, all of a sudden I get tapped on the shoulder and the woman running the program said you've got a visitor I go out in the hallway and there she is uh, obviously had been crying she had attempted suicide with pills and remembered that I had showed concern and came and found me. And I stuck her in the car, ran her to another church several miles away where the ministers were meeting, and got a hold of the minister and uh, turned her over to him. And uh, thank God she's still alive today. And interestingly enough, uh, much of her life was, was given to... Uh, Taking children in, difficult children, and working with them. That's awesome. I'm I'm glad that it worked out that way. That's a great ending to that story. And and another recent one, well, more recent, several years ago, and this is the during the social media period. There was a beautiful young lady that I knew, and uh, knew, and uh, she went to school locally here. And apparently some guy who was the, quote, boyfriend of another girl took an interest in her, okay? Well, the other girl gathered a group of her friends and started to attack this young lady. The last I heard of her, she had attempted suicide four times. And... T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.